As I've gone along, I've sort of adopted the whole decide what to be and go be it kind of mentality. Every every journey, it involves the first step. I guess, you know, I guess like, you know, to be a photographer, you know, the first thing that you need is a camera. I'm just like, that's actually not the first step. The first step is deciding you're going to be a photographer. That's where the the initiative and the drive comes from. And once you have that, then that's what's going to push you out of yourself to go out and, and actually see what it takes to become. All right, so I'm sitting down with professional photographer Joshua Winders, and I am extremely excited to be having this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Jacob, for for having me. I'm honored by your kind words and honored that you reached out. You know, I love I love talking about what I do and, and the journey, so I'm excited to be here. So for the people that are possibly just getting to know you um, or have known you for a while, I would just love for you to just explain who you are and what it is that you do. Uh, well, reading from top to bottom, my name is Joshua Kelly Winders but most people call me JK. Most people probably know me as a photographer, but if, if I really get into it, that's such a, a such a small part of what I do. I'm a creative director and consultant. I work with businesses, kind of helping them streamline user experience, um, take on project management for different campaigns, uh, and I'm a writer. I do copywriting. I'm a poet, just all around a storyteller. So there's there's a lot that goes in to what I do. And photography may be the thing that has expanded my horizons the most, but it's such a such a small part of, of who I am and what I do. Wow, that's that's incredible. That is a really long list, but that storytelling aspect, all of that basically sums up what is expressed through your photography. And it's so cool that you have so much background and and so much context to who it is that you are as a creative as an artist and i mean there's so many different mediums to being an artist and and being a creative and so it's so neat to have such an expansive creative portfolio so how many years have you been doing photography specifically so i i, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial minded family uh, but at the same time we we embraced creativity and um artistic integrity and if if we really want to put a date on you know when I started capturing with with photography, it like the earliest memories I had was were when we would go on you know vacations. I gr I grew up in Atlanta, and we would always go down to Florida every summer. And it would be you know my immediate family, grandparents, aunts, uncles, and cousins. You know my sister, she was she was older, so she would you know be the one lounging by the beach. My cousins were way younger, and it was just kind of me. And I got bored very easily, so I kind of needed some sort of purpose amongst our you know, one, two weeks together. And so we had all the disposable cameras. You know, my, my dad had, I think, like maybe maybe a Nikon or a, or a Canon AE-1 and a few ro rolls of films. And, you know, every day they'd, you know, hand me a disposable camera or a, one of their cameras with one of their rolls of films. And they're just like, okay, you got 20, 24 shots. What, what are the things that you want to show the people back home that we did on vacation? So that was probably the first recollection of really taking on the mantle of, of attempting to do photography. And it's also really cool because looking back on that, that's sort of what maybe makes photography kind of a sacred thing to me because I, I came into it before digital was a thing. And I'm not, I'm definitely not going to knock digital because I love digital. I love, <laughs> I love how it has served us tremendously, but there was something kind of sacred about, okay, there's, there's only 
24, 24 shots. So what what are like the, the the moments worth capturing in those in those 24 frames? So that was um that was very very beneficial to my to my development. And then kind of getting into it on the cusp of digital, where you know all of a sudden there was this kind of like beautiful transition, and I really did kind of get to see how the the medium changed and progressed over a quarter century, which is which is kind of kind of daunting to say. So yeah, so we'll we'll say you know 20, 25 years is is how long mm. I've been clicking the shutter and you know it was it if we if we kind of keep going along the timeline like I it was mm. never one of those things where you know I was like this young prod prodigy like walking around with my camera like it like the interest <laughs> kind of came and went and you know I had different passions that you know flourished and died in their own um in their own right you know throughout throughout middle and high school I wanted to go into film that that's what I, that's what I studied. That's what I kind of wanted to throw myself into. Photography wasn't anywhere anywhere on my radar. There were times where I thought it was boring, actually. Okay. Um, but but at the same time, it it, it is kind of like cool going through the past twenty, almost thirty years. I'm not thirty, mm. almost thirty. <laughs> but um, but it it, it is kind of sort of interesting to see sort of how the interest in photography has kind of has kind of flourished in you know the 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 social media parts of society and uh different areas of like that because you 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 hate referring to it as as a a fad but but social media has definitely elevated the medium and it's made it so much more accessible i don't i don't like going into how it it can be oversaturated at times because it does make for a nice big tribe which i do like i kind of like that you can go anywhere and you can find people to interact with with that interest Interest. I think that I think that that's that's a big benefit. It it no longer feels like an exclusive club, mm-hmm. and it is something that anyone can can take a crack at and and grow in if they if they really decide to to, to pour themselves into it. No, that's that's a really great way of looking at it. I I definitely agree with that. But going back into like you had said that you actually had been more interested in film at a time. What kind of brought you back? into the realm or, or the world of photography that like really settled it for you like this is what I what, what I am really passionate about and this is really what I want to pursue yeah so I I grew up in Atlanta and then when I graduated high school I moved to Los Angeles I had a couple of friends out there and I kind of thought that you know naturally wanted to go into film that's where you had to be but then I then I got out there and it's just it's 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 a it's a beast that will you know <laughs> chew up any any kid right out of high school but um but I still kind of made my attempts at it and as as sort of my way of of acquainting myself with the city I would I would go out on my bike it just ended downtown at the time I think I had a um a Canon Rebel T3i and I would just do street photography and it was kind of in a way it, it was sort of therapy it was just a way to kind of be creative without the stress of trying to create a film or trying to do it for money or trying to do it in in any way like that and it was just kind of a way to to scratch that you know ad, ad, adventurous um itch that i had at at that age cuz i was out there from 18 almost 19 to um to 22 oh wow and um so while while I was there and while I was, you know, dabbling kind of in street photography doing this, this was about the time that, you know, Instagram became a bit of a, like an up and coming way of sharing your work. And so I did what anyone did and I posted on Instagram and I hate admitting that the positive feedback was was a bit of a, a, a nudging factor. 
I, I, I so hate admitting that, but um, but it was. Uh, I was actually a part of a a really big uh, church community out out there. Um, that was that was really really great being a part of because it was it was an artistic community they had you know this was the kind of place that you would go where you would go and like the, pa- the pastor would be giving a sermon and someone would be up there painting and you know they they, they really edified artists hmm. and so it was it was also really good being a part of that community and there was a good uh, photography tribe a part of that and it, you know it was it was one of those kind of beautiful situations where it wasn't like they were grooming us to like come in and you know like capture like the worship band like during during service or anything like that we sort of just banded together and you know up uplifted each other to kind of go out and find find you know righteousness in our own creative endeavors but then i but then i you know naturally as you know being the guy with the camera i did um i had a bunch of actor friends musician friends uh models that constantly needed to have new headshots and new you know new new material for their portfolios so i kind of i kind of started a little a little business doing headshots and um and editorial work so I d- so I did that while I was in Los Angeles for for a few years, and that was kind of really the the start of nudging into doing it professionally. You know, if you scroll way back in your Instagram, I'm sure you're gonna see a lot of the earlier stuff. But as of what like people see right now, as they scroll through your Instagram, a lot of it is adventure lifestyle. How did you kind of start into that, I guess you could say niche or that style? Number one, I, I never really wanted to find a niche. So I never so I never landed on one. But I think I remember maybe the the, the biggest experience that sort of started pressing me into that is I was um this was when I was living in Los Angeles and I was spending Christmas back in Georgia with family. And um it was kind of at this point where it, I was just so sandpapered down by by living the city. I almost didn't want to go back. I didn't. I, I didn't know what else to do. But I was just kind of. I was just kind of dreading moving forward with my my LA journey. I think this was this was like maybe like right after Christmas before New Year's. I was on I was on Facebook and I saw a uh, a friend of a friend uh, from Los Angeles. You know, he posted on just like a social group that we had and he put on there as like visiting family in Georgia. I, I got a car off Craigslist that needs to be transported back to California. Is there anyone around that maybe wants to kick it on a little road trip? And I think I maybe thought about it for all of five seconds <laughs> and then i and then i um i, I remember asking my parents i'm just like does this does this sound crazy and they were like absolutely but <laughs> but 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 you do you boo and so <laughs> so 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 i got on the phone with southwest i got those flight credits back and and I just kind of jumped on it with reached out to this guy. Cool guy. He was he was actually the um he was the the drummer in the um in the worship band for the church. So Oh no way. We we had we had known each other from afar, but we'd never interacted. So, you know, all of a sudden we're in in the car like motoring across the country and you know, making making our way across. I I had never seen the Grand Canyon up until that point. So that was something that 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 we were able to do together. It was it was actually kind of funny. This was this would have been I think in 2013, maybe maybe 2014, so almost 10 years ago. Again, oh, wow. crazy to think about. But um we we did the hike down into Havasupai, which is where all the blue waterfalls is. Okay. And so the and so so this was like this was way before it really got popular and like just absolutely crowded. We were the only only people down there visiting so we were able to do that and it was just kind of this fantastic coming of age journey that kind of like revitalized me and just kind of re rejolted some uh, some of my vigor that that I felt had kind of been wearing away and then a few days later we rolled back into Los Angeles and then I kind of just immediately felt that like ugh, that slump of of city life 
set back in on me. But um, in those subsequent months, I, I started recruiting some of my friends to do just weekend getaways. So we, we would go out to Death Valley and Joshua Tree, Big Sur, Yosemite. We would kind of like do everything in the in, in the California area that was that was a reasonable drive from Los Angeles. And it kind of became one, one of those things where whenever I would leave, I would kind of feel that 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 jolt again. But then coming back, coming back to the city, I kind of like I started really getting into that feeling that 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 was not where I was supposed to be. So from that point, actually, I I, I kind of took took a took a leap of faith. I I just packed up the car and and went on the road. At that point, I was in like a super modest like I think it was, I think my my first car it was a Mazda six two six. That was the car that got me from Georgia to Los to Los Angeles. It shouldn't have gotten me from Georgia to Los Angeles, but you know, God had his God had his hand on that car. Um, but um, I upgraded. I got a um Honda CRX, and I actually started picking up uh just little gigs with some tourism bureaus and, and different things like that all over so realistically naturally it shouldn't have worked but but <laughs> it somehow worked and it became this adventure that i embraced just as a, as, a, as a part of my my life it's like this is, this is the story that that i want i want to be able to tell just kind of going out and being being able to to find these stories and and capture that kind of beauty and i'm kind of still on that road trip i um you know, I, I upgraded from that um, from that CRV about uh, three, uh, maybe three and a half years ago. Gosh, actually, almost four years ago. I was doing you know some some short term sublets all over, following different gigs around, and um, I decided to upgrade because because I, I was tired of you know packing and unpacking, not having my own space, and so I got this twenty five foot um, classy motorhome that I am sitting in right now. Amazing. <laughs> and um. And this and this is this is home base. I kind of I, I do the the whole the whole base of operations from here. I tow my motorcycle behind and I bounce around um, all over the country. I I like to chase seasons. I'm I'm in I'm in southern Utah right now, uh, enjoying a a nice mild winter, and it's just kind of allowed me to embrace a, a different kind of life that is unique to me and that you know be, being an individualist my, myself it, it, it does kind of kind of feed that that part of my ego to where you know this is this isn't it's not like van life it may not be as as glamorous as van life i'm in an rv park so i do i do the resort hopping around i'm connected to power and water i'm not like out there completely roughing it but um it has created a, a beautiful life that i've been able to make it work for me yeah it's kind of funny because most people would probably be wondering how in the world is this guy traveling so much how is he like seeing all these different locations like that must be expensive but it's so cool when you have that freedom to be able to travel as you need where you want and like you have your home right there which is mm -hmm. so cool yeah yeah and so and so i guess it's like it's like go back to the initial initial question that you asked i kind of you know in terms of like getting into adventure photography i got into adventure first and mm. then just kind of like captured it as as, as i went along mm. 
I like that. As you said, you like you took that leap of faith. It's so cool that like you're able to find your passion in just taking that leap of faith. And I think for a lot of beginner photographers, like a lot of the reason why they spin the wheels trying to figure out what they're passionate about is because like they don't want to go out and try different things and new things. And I, I mean, even for myself, I've learned like a lot of learning is just trying. And it's so cool that you are testimony to that. How important is it to be positioned in a place where you're passionate about? Yeah, that's such a good question. As 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 I've gone along, I've sort of adopted the whole decide what to be and go be it kind of kind of mentality. Every every journey, it involves the first step. And every, you know, everyone talks about I was like I was like, I guess, you know, I guess like, you know, to be a photographer, you know, the first thing that you need is a is a camera. I'm just like that's actually not the first step. The first step is deciding you're going to be a photographer. Ah, uh, um, yes. That's that's where the the initiative and the drive comes from and once you have that then that's what's going to push you out of yourself to go out and and actually see what it takes to become and you know not and not every photographer's journey involves getting out of your hometown you know there's plenty of things to shoot in your backyard that's all that's always my first exercise to, to young photographers like become a master of photographing your backyard because once you become good at that you become good at photographing everything beyond those horizons and 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 like you said exploration is 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 also key that can definitely you know feed into if if you want to niche down you know what what are what are your other interests where where else do you explore i know um you know one thing that i did when i started rv life um i didn't want to i didn't want to tow a car i I didn't want to go into that hassle of doing that by myself that i didn't want to i just didn't want to deal with that stress because i'd seen other people in in the rv community do it and it just it wasn't going to happen for me so alternatively i thought i'm gonna do a i'll get a motorcycle that 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 makes sense i'm gonna yeah i'll do that had never ridden a motorcycle in my life um I, I was like, you know, I'm like a string bean, you know, I'm not like biker type or anything. So and it, it was it was never even like a desire in my mind. But I was just like, yeah, that sounds that just that just sounds easier. Sounds easier to tow a motorcycle than than a car. And this and this was like right around the time that the pandemic hit. And I was I was in Colorado. I was visiting family because my sister uh, had just had uh, the first baby in the family. So we were all out there visiting and I just just kind of like musing. I was I was I had, you know, watched the videos and I was just like, I think maybe I could do this. I'm not good at I'm not even good at like driving a manual car. Like, can I do this? <laughs> Maybe, maybe maybe we'll see we'll see it was it, it was still a thought in the back of my mind but then i like actually went to a dealership i sat on a bike i kind of like you know got it up where it was just like balancing i'm just like this this feels pretty good and my mom was actually was actually there with me and um oh, no. and i could tell and I, and I could tell that she was like kind of freaking out a little, a little bit but she was just she was like but i remember she it was it was an empty showroom because you know we were in pandemic time she just like shouted she's like can can we can we get some help over here can my baby boy get some, get someone to help him so um <laughs> I, I had a guy come come over and we, we chatted for a little bit and at this point i was like book smart so i was like kind of trying to be just i was like oh yes i see it i see it i see it's a 500 i see it i see it i see it has two wheels that's very nice um so i was like so i was like trying to kind of kind of kind of bs myself you know not to seem sure. like such a beginner but um yeah. but i was i was in that showroom for like maybe an hour like all of a sudden like envisioning it and i was like wow i'm 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 i'm, I'm maybe i'm gonna do this 
and I did. I put I put a down payment on it, and and that's the bike that I have right now. I didn't I didn't know how to how to ride it. I got um I got a, I got a spot in a motorcycle safety course, which going into it I was terrified. <laughs> they you know they they put you, they put you on the back of like you know just a little like 250cc and they get you you know feeling like the throttle control and they go into turning and everything like that. As terrified as I was going into it, that was one of the best most fun weekends that I've had in in the last few years and the instructors they they could tell just how scared i was but they were just it was like it was like that's that's good the fear is going to keep you motivated to do good to be safe to succeed on two wheels all of a sudden like you know we're you know going through the courses this and that and before i knew it we're like halfway through the 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 test to get your license and i'm acing it i'm like i i'm a motorcyclist (laughs) <laughs> never, ne- never was a desire. Never was something that I like yearned for. I like yearned for that freedom of two wheels. I just stumbled into it, and mm. it is one of my favorite things in in life. And then being able to have that that passion and that interest, and marrying it with photography, and also the way that I I, I write about motorcycles, it, it that actually kind of attracted some very fun characters in in my story. I've um. I've been able to, to to bounce around and um and you know ride with like some some really great crews that that are also photo- photographers themselves, but we have that this this other passion that that we share that actually I think bonds us even even stronger than photography does. And and it and it all came from just trying something, just musing. Maybe maybe I could maybe I could do something a little a little different, a little a little daring. It's it's been it's been one of my favorite journeys that that I've been able to embark on um in this life thus far all because it's like my mom agreed to take me to the dealership and <laughs> i promised her that i'd always wear a helmet and, um, and 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 she loves it she thinks it's the coolest thing she wants my dad to get one now no way that's awesome yep. that's sweet dude amazing that's that's honestly thank you so much for sharing that story i really definitely appreciate that because i mean it just like gives another level of depth into like being so determined in your mind to succeed and and to the win at all costs it's like having having difficulty of of getting around and that was just something very basic but it's like it goes back and ties into your original story of like just go out and try new things and like be okay with adventuring past your point of comfortability and just be okay with going out and and experiencing life beyond what you think you're capable of absolutely and you know i think that that's that's maybe just like my big my big thing you ultimately have to make your life your greatest piece of art and that's so huge even in the behind the scenes don't go thinking that like i'm out on adventures like every minute every every day i you know have work that needs to be done i sit down in front of a computer maybe longer than i than is probably healthy for a human being <laughs> but um you have to be willing to put yourself in the way of beauty if that's what you want to capture i i love that yeah so just changing gears um into a little bit more about storytelling i know that we had uh, talked about that at the start of our conversation and i just kind of wanted to go back into that so over the christmas holidays one thing that i really did enjoy i know most people did who follow you was your daily storytelling of breaking down different images throughout your year it was just it was incredibly fascinating i thought the stories were 
really well done, really well told. So I, I definitely commend you for, for sharing those. I just wanted to hear your thoughts on telling good story, because I know a lot of photographers, and I, I include myself in there, is like taking the cool shot. You know what I mean? The cool shots are fantastic. And it's like, when you get those, you're like, this is awesome. Like, I'm so hyped up over this. But it's like, there's so much that goes on to build up to that story. And I think that's what makes professionals professionals is being able to put aside the thought of that one moment and say this needs to get captured this needs to get captured because with video they have moments that are longer than one frame to tell a story and so mm. it's our job as photographers to to build and rise to that pinnacle moment right and so i would just love to hear your thoughts on the value of story within your photography because i think you're a master at doing that, so. Wow, thank you. That's 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 huge. Um, the master is still learning. The master is still <laughs> is still try, trying to figure out what makes a good story because it it is so subjective to 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 so many people and um. And it, it 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 does honor me to to know that you you enjoyed those videos. I had a fun time making them. I always I always like to do something something different around that um that week between Christmas and New Year's, just kind of reflecting on you know the things that I've done in the past year, the work that I've I've churned out. And so I I decided is like I'm just gonna tell you know the the stories behind my ten favorite shots that I did, and they were my personal favorite shots they weren't like my lo my most well received or my most liked they were the shots that i liked the most and behind that they were they were the stories that i still enjoyed telling that i that i actually like found found pleasure in in regaling people the behind the scenes of you know like like one in particular like it was uh, it was me and my buddy Parker we we had gone to this this spot in the middle of the Utah desert it's been it's been captured so many times and typically people they go there and they um they'll do like a spacesuit or you know some kind of like interstellar type shoot and and I I'm still like kind of tr <laughs> trying to I'm blushing right now just thinking about it <laughs> I'm I'm trying to go back and tell myself that it wasn't my idea but it it was totally my idea and I just kind of like you know turn to my my buddy Parker I'm just like Parker you want to get naked and go and go stand over there next to this this big spire that you know it's it is a it's a very it's a very phallic looking um natural natural structure but um I was just like just drop trowel let me let me just like snap a couple pictures let's just do something different here <laughs> And um, is it a fantastic photo? It's fine, but I just love the story behind it. That you know, it's just like we're doing we're doing dudewar out here in the Dude. desert. <laughs> I and love so, that. And so you know, it it is when you can get good at doing it for yourself, at telling yourself a good story, then that's that's a good segue into figuring out how to do it for for a client or for a a, a broader audience. They definitely are different muscles. It's de it's definitely, you know, something different in telling a personal story compared to a a marketing story for for a, a product campaign or something like that but it's a muscle you kind of have to keep exercising you have to you have you just have to be good at looking for the story looking for the details that that create create a story you know i i, I don't i don't want to um like use social media as a um primary factor in in how we create but i'll just kind of break down how how i do a how i compose a, a post and how the story sort of unfolds within that is i I'll, I'll choose a good a good cover photo and maybe we can like you know that's that's maybe like the biggest like eye catcher 
it kind of sets the scene it's a bit wider it's it's a good establishing shot and then you know you can swipe and then i'll have a panorama because i i I love instagram i love i love phones i miss when you know (laughs) landscape photographs were were more widely accepted um Mm -hmm. so we'll swipe you'll swipe through a a landscape and then I'll, sh- I'll I'll break it down even further, and I'll pick some some further details that are magnified a little bit closer. Maybe if if I'm working with a subject, it'll be just kind of like a different look that can kind of show that there is movement and there is action within this scene. And then and then I'll conclude with a black and white because black and white is is before any, anything else um, in in <laughs> my in my opinion but that does just kind of like thinking in the way that that's sort of how I'll compose a story in that way it has sort of trained me as far as what to look for in every scene that I find myself in it's no longer enough to like go to tunnel vision at Yosemite or Moraine Lake and just get that one that one shot that has been captured time and time again you know artists were so complex and nuanced and like you can go to those spots and every single person can find a way to tell their own story in in that scene but it definitely just kind of takes exercise it takes exercise in figuring out how to tell your story it takes exercise in seeing how the story is received by an audience i think that that is you know that's a that's a big thing um and that's also a big blessing that you know social media gives us is that you can put something out there and you can you know people can interact with it very easily so um storytelling is is a muscle and you just got to keep you got you got to keep doing that that's kind of the big thing there's i I, pr- I probably could go into like some some exercises of you know what you can further do what kind of inspiration to look for to like really give you a sense of of how you want to tell your story but i know that's that's a long answer long already <laughs> No, that was that was very fantastic. I like how you summed that up. I'm just going to highlight a bit of those points. So if you guys want to know how to create carousels like Joshua, he gave four <laughs> tips. So four tips to make a great carousel um, if you want to make carousels like Josh. So number one is make something eye-catching and establishing. Make something like a panoramic that you can view because panoramas are still awesome uh, despite what instagram says and then choose the detailed shots because detail is really nice to uh, just elaborate more on what's going on in the scene things that people might not pick up on and then maybe create black and white lower everything just just dim everything down just see the image for what it is because it honestly makes you think a different way about how you create art and so those are four ways to create some some uh, awesome carousels to ultimately tell better stories on Instagram and and that will as Joshua said play into more of uh, how you create as an artist for clients as well yeah and I think if I think if you if you just kind of like strip Instagram away from exactly what you just said that's really the, the bare bones of creating a story establish a scene focus on important details and simplify I, I, I think those three things are the primary three keys to um to just telling a good well-rounded story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that was some like fantastic advice that is like very practical put this into use today and you will tell better stories and it's like whether that is as you said in your hometown and before you before you build out to go to go abroad i mean you're going to start telling stories instantly better just from those little little details that you add into your photography so 
Yeah, that's great. Yeah, thank you. Great advice. Yeah. So going into clients and like the client base, how do you how do you go about acquiring clients? I know that was something that I had thought about earlier on in my career, how to maybe utilize social media for that acquiring new clients or uh, just just maybe explain a little bit more about how you kind of worked into that. Yeah, this is this is a very interesting and I so don't want to portray it as like this is like the only the only path but I and also um maybe I don't like getting into this because I'm a little bit ashamed but I was I've been so passive I I I almost kind of hate admitting that most of my clients have come to me because because I wish that I could give more advice on like this is how you create a pitch deck this is how you like really refine your portfolio this is how you reach out this is like what to say what not to say but I'm still going to try and get into this as as best I can I remember um probably my first big brand that I work with. And, and this, you know, prior to this, I, I had done like a couple, a couple fun little things for like express, uh, bespoke, um, other, you know, s- smaller type type gigs. Um, but then it was maybe like two and a half years ago, I had Ram trucks reach out to me. And if we're kind of like really setting the scene, I, I don't think I had cracked 10 K followers on Instagram yet. Really? So, so I have no idea. I have no idea how how they how they found me. I don't know what database <laughs> I end up on. I like, I like. I would love to know because because I because I, I have no idea how lightning struck that post. But they they asked just like, do you want to like do you want to do do a campaign for us? I'm like, can I? Is that okay? Is that allowed? I don't. They. It was you know it it was just kind of like one of those blessed um situations. You know, they sent me a truck for I think ten days. They wanted me to take it to the mighty five national parks all around Utah and just you know capture it on this great adventure. And um it was one of those gigs. I I, I did not feel prepared for it. It like I had never done anything to that scale before. But I kind of used that as as an opportunity to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm going to say yes to this. I'm going to grow and develop through this. I'm going to, I'm going to fake it if I make it until I have to. And then I'll have a really honest conversation of how to do it better, knowing what I know, having gone through the whole experience. Cause it, cause it was a very you know, daunting kind of thing to just be handed a truck and have that be like the primary character of a story. But again, it kind of like all circles back around to the exploration and, you know, just kind of saying yes to an, to an opportunity that, that falls into your lap because because i i wasn't a automotive photographer i mean i i can take a picture but it's like okay what what's what's a truck's good side like how like how do how do how do, how do we how do we determine this you know it doesn't it doesn't take direction very well when it comes to you know uh, you know doing any kind of gig the best thing that you can do is just you know t- tell tell a story that's real i i still get reached out to by products and you know companies that don't really like fit into into my lifestyle so i know that i'm not equipped to to tell that story like i don't like for example i don't have a pet but i get but i get reached out to you know by by different pet brands i'm and i just know that's not something that i would be equipped to tell i think that maybe one exercise that that people could do is make a list of like you know 10 brands or 10 products that could maybe be like your your pillars if if you want to just like go straight into automotive go for that but i kind of like falling in line 
and this again this kind of also goes back to the fact that i never niched down i i structured myself around the idea that um there are five pillars kind of holding up the roof you have like one firm central pillar and that's kind of like the main the main thing that people see and then you have two smaller flanking pillars on the side of that and then two smaller flanking pillars on the side of that and those could be your interests the things that you know if someone looks for is like okay we need a we need someone that could you know do a clothing brand but we oh we want we want it to be maybe adventurous and you know maybe it's also like a vintage clothing brand think about in terms of the of those five pillars it's like okay adventure or outdoors is the center one and then fashion vintage and then like men's lifestyle i don't know maybe um, hunting. If you if you if you can like think of how to structure your personal brand in that way, that is a very effective way for brands to find you because you become even more specific in different niches. Um, if if that makes sense. No, that was good. I yeah. I really like the the structuring your personal brand. Yeah. 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 Now, I I, I I think that that's I think that that's just a, a, a big thing that you can do. And that that also becomes more appealing to brands because, you know, it's it's definitely like a good exercise to I'm going to call out so many photographers right now. But it's so it's so easy <laughs> to like, you know, like, you know, take like a watch and do like a flat lake kind of thing. But brands don't really want to see that. They want to see their product in real environments used by real people because their product isn't going to be in this, you know, pretty well curated flat lake. It's going to be out in the world and people want to see that. No, for sure. I like I like the way that you said that too is like, you know, you have your main thing and then like just keep branching off into things that support that main object. Yeah, I th- I, I think it's even, you know, healthier if you if you look at that like um almost like like a like a personality profile which i am i am one of those cool people i you know i i I like some of them i did i did like the enneagram and like uh myers-briggs but my favorite one is actually um and i do encourage like everyone to take this it's a it's gallup strengths finders it it kind of like breaks everyone's strengths down there are i think there's either 36 or 38 i want to say that there's 36 there's 36 strengths and you know you take you take the test and it actually gives you your order of how like how those strengths align and you and usually people only like get their top five you know that's like the base the base package of this personality test and i i I think it's i think it's still true that no single person has the same top five there Mm -hmm. like if you like really break it down there are billions upon billions of combinations of how people's strengths stack up so when you when you start thinking about how your interests and your passions and your sub passions create who you are and how your work looks that's when you become a real individual artist that becomes desirable to an, an audience or or a brand and I think that that's a, a major asset to lean into I love the way that that you sum that up and, and I think it just gives people a better direction of how to define themselves mm-hmm. as uh, it within their craft um, just kind of before we wrap things up there was a question I did get from my Instagram and if anybody would like to ask questions on further podcasts go to my Instagram then you guys can ask questions uh, for people that I'm interviewing but somebody had asked what color temperatures are you using when you go into your golden hour shoots and what color 
profiles are you generally using when it comes to that? I have to like think about that because here, <laughs> here's the thing: every every golden hour is different. So That's I'm true. like, I yeah. So my my color profile, and I can um, I would have to like go and look like like how I have it <laughs> set up. So maybe so maybe if you like you want to put it in show notes, I can I can share that with you and you can put it down. But I kind of I almost I I shoot very flat actually. You know I shoot I shoot raw as you do. I almost like like to flatline the image as as best I can. It just kind of like you know if if you see you know raw video footage, it it, it does kind of like have that very muted sort of look. You still have all the data there to work with, but like the image just by itself is not much definition. But it does create just kind of like a good blank canvas to go in and you know put your put your tone curve. I'm a big tone curve curve guy. That's where my 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 secret sauce comes from in the in the editing and then as far as like color temperature it de- it definitely varies again one one of the things and this is you know a, a big benefit if you're shooting raw it stores the color temperature data to where you can like still m- manipulate it in post this may not be the answer that you know people are wanting but that's it's something that i don't and wouldn't put that much stress on because again it's like every every single environment it requires experimentation to figure out what you want from it but i i, I so wish that i could give a more a more matter of fact scientific an- answer there <laughs> but um but it is something that varies yeah no i i 100 agree with you i mean most of the time when I'm out shooting just like natural scenes, I'm usually leaving it at like 5,600 Kelvin. If the white balance is like completely off, it's gonna pick up more so like what my scene is showing. Mm. If my scene is more blue, then it's like, cool. Like that's that's ultimately what I will wanna push anyways. That's yeah. what's introduced into the frame. You know, because you're shooting raw, like you said, like the information's there. When, when you're in the action, when you're moving, I know it's like kind of a bad answer. Maybe it makes me seem very amateur, but you're just shooting and it's like, I will deal with this afterwards and it's like, you adjust and you I, fix that. I, I I think that that's actually a more professional answer than you may think because you do get to a point where you do create on on intuition and and you you start to realize that there are some things that don't make or break an image and you're able to muscle past that a lot a lot easier just the, the more that you envelop that way of thinking. Yeah, no, that's great. I think you covered that well. Just going in, I guess, as like a, a final wrap up question, I love to ask the people that I interview, where would you like to see yourself within the next four to five years? <sighs> loaded question, I know. So <laughs> that is that is very that is very loaded because I've just <laughs> I've I just looking back four or five mm. years. First of all, like, you know, it was a pre-pandemic time, like the, the world changed so much, but also I was a completely different person then. And it's becoming harder and harder to plan when you see the way that the script flips and changes as your life progresses. You know, four years ago, I was an emo- I was an emo- a motorcyclist. That, w- that wasn't a part of my life, but and now it is, and it's kind of changed my plan. So if, if I can, like, prov- provide... Um, an answer. I, I I hope that I'm still exploring, still growing. There's a part of me that, you know, it's like, I, it, it's very possible that, you know, like there'll come a time in the next couple of years where it's, where I'll be just like, you know, photography was a good run, but I want to do something different. I, I think it's, I think it's important to not be so married to the things that are present in, in the seasons that you're in. And you know that's that's not to say that you you be non-committal. Commit commit to what you're doing, hundred percent. But just realize that the journey can take you on a wild ride. 
um, if you allow it. It is really hard. There there are some some crazy days where, you know, even living in an RV and, you know, you have water freeze and you know, pipes burst and, you know, my my sink isn't isn't draining right now. It's like draining right into my, my cupboard space. I got to fix that. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I still have more days than not where I get to say, I, 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 I love this journey and I, and I love, I love me and I love, I love the work that I create. And I think that when you allow the journey to just unfold, that's when you're able to kind of give into the leeway that it is a process. You may not be your best right now, but you can be better tomorrow. And then the day after that, the day after that, I think enjoy the journey is, is what I always say. And, and that's, that's, really all I got to say about that. Yeah, your life honestly exemplifies that statement. And I definitely appreciate the honesty within that answer. I know it can be super easy to look towards lofty goals, but just enjoying um, the season you're in right now. Don't be married to it because things will change. It's a definite things will change in your future, but Mm -hmm. just just enjoy the journey that you're on today. So that was a fantastic answer. And I know it was a super loaded question, especially for uh, somebody who loves to adventure as much as you do. So yeah, that was a very fantastic answer. Well, thank you, Jacob. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time once again, Joshua. It honestly means the world to me to have you on this and just hear your life experiences. And I know that so many people are going to glean so much value just for their personal lives as well as for their business. And I think that there's so much that we can learn from your story. Going out to adventure, be adventurous, uh, not getting too tied down to the things that we might be fearful of. Just realizing that you can overcome those fears, overcome and conquer and do things that you never thought were possible. And you are an absolute prime example of of those things. And uh, it's just very encouraging to me to hear that. But I know that many other people will be encouraged just the same. So oh, thank you, Jacob. This this conversation has, has definitely, definitely honored me and edified me. So I, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you once again. Yeah.